Welcome to the Recovery Lab podcast. We're glad you were able to join us. Recovery Lab hopes to destigmatize addiction and normalize recovery. Our platform provides an avenue to share the many stories of those that have recovered from addiction, providing for the listener the most basic antidote to addiction. Hope. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Recovery Lab podcast. My name is Daniel Anderson. Drew Hassan uh, is feeling under the weather this morning, so he is uh, going to be replaced by Stacy Leggett, um, who is a friend of the program. Um, she uh, works out at uh, Defining Wellness, and she's doing some incredible things. So uh, from from us to you, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Um, we are we have a full studio. We have a full studio today. Um, lots of good stuff going on today. Um, Annalyn Witt, um, she, this is her second time to join us in the studio. The first time uh, my wife and I were at, um, we were, where were we? Some uh, couples retreat and uh, Drew uh, did your episode uh, by himself. And I remember I was, we were listening to it live as we were driving home that Sunday, and um, it was uh, it was a great episode. So thank you for coming back, and uh, we're excited to see what you got for us today. Um, today you have a couple friends with you. Uh, you're not flying solo, so if you would uh, go ahead and introduce uh, your friends here, your colleagues, and um, let us know. What's going on, and what do we want to talk about today? I know you've got a you got a mission, and uh, our goal is to use the platform to be as helpful as possible. Um, so we're we're grateful to you for for bringing what you're passionate about. Oh my gosh, so grateful to be here, Daniel and Stacy. It's so nice to see you, um, y'all. I am so excited to be here in a different role. Last time I was here, um, I was telling my story, and um, and as I have. Um, maintained recovery. I have been able to, and fortunate enough to be able to um, give back a little bit and do that through my professional career. So um, I'll talk a little bit about um, who my company is and what we do in just a minute, but I want to introduce Logan Knocker. Um, Logan, if you'll say just a couple of things about yourself. Logan is my program manager and um, one of my most uh, precious and trusted colleagues, um, and she is. Uh, she works on our two grants that are both rural communities opioid response grants, which are funded through the Human Resources and Services Administration, uh, Health Resources and Services Administration. Excuse me. Um, we have since uh, in the past year we have received about one point three million dollars. Wow to service um, rural communities in Mississippi. We're working mainly in southwest Mississippi, and she'll talk about the counties. But, um, but we're doing that to form recovery communities where the data shows that we're lacking in that. Okay. And so we make data-driven decisions on this. And Logan is my program manager, so I'm going to let her introduce herself and talk about her passion. 
Hi guys, uh, happy to be here today. My name is Logan Nalker and I work on Dr. Witt's team at the Mississippi Public, Public Health Institute um, on the health systems and practice team. Um, like Dr. Witt said, I'm the program manager and work with Mr. Brian Kenner over here who y'all meet in a second. Um, but yeah, we have two, two HRSA grants, um, basically to, re to build a recovery community in eight Southwest Mississippi counties that have been identified as um, places where we have a lot of accidental overdose deaths. Um, last year, there were over 780 um, accidental overdose deaths in Mississippi. Oh. Um, and a lot of those were in rural communities just due to the difficulty in access to care, stigma. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a lot of good stuff coming out, um, including community distribution of fentanyl test strips, as well as naloxone. A lot of people know that as Narcan, a life-saving uh, overdose response drug. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. yeah. So uh, through the grant through HRSA, we can distribute this free in the community. Um, we work in eight counties in southwest Mississippi, um, Adams County, Amit, Claiborne, Franklin, Jefferson, Pike, Walthall, and Wilkinson counties. Um, yeah, and just doing some overdose response efforts there under Dr. Witt's direction. So wonderful. Um, yeah, nice to be here today. Yeah. Thanks, Logan. Yeah, thanks for being here. And Brian Kenner is our program specialist that works with us, who just also went through certified peer support specialist training. So I want, uh, so Brian and I both have some lived experience in the space, mm -hmm. and we wanted to make sure that, um, or I wanted to make sure as the director that I hire people who have been there, done that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and so Brian, um, I'm so grateful that he joined our team. What back in August, September, November, November. That's right. Time flies. It, I just think it's been longer. <laughs> Time does fly, Tell us about yourself, Brian. That's right. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here with all y'all who are actually familiar familiar faces. Um, <clears throat> You know, I, I, I moved to Mississippi from New Orleans, and it was probably one of the best decisions I ever did. Um, I had a serious case of Peter Pan syndrome, and it was time, <laughs> it was time to grow up. Um, and everything just kind of worked out as I stayed in Mississippi, met some wonderful people. Um, uh, I really just submerged myself in the recovery community. I'm so excited to be part of uh, Public Health Mississippi Public Health Institute. Um, program specialist there, uh, excited about the, uh, <clears throat> the, the overdose grant uh, for naloxone and fentanyl test strips, um, and also Southwest SOAR, building, building that recovery community in those eight Southwest counties. Um, you know, can I talk about the consortium meeting? Well, let's talk about it in just a minute because I yeah, want to tell, yeah. kind of tell the crowd about yeah. MSPHI. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. we definitely need to talk about that. Yeah, but it, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a while, six and a half years. It's been good. And, uh, and I'm, I just am so grateful to have met such wonderful people, Dr. Witt and Logan and, and you. I remember you. Yeah, I got to I got to say, man. Yeah, to speak? I mean, yeah, I, I uh, just to give you a little bit of background, I don't know how long ago that maybe like maybe over a year, most definitely, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But um, I went out and uh, gave my story at Defining Wellness, um, I guess about a year ago, and I pulled up to the gate and pulled through the gate and this old cat came and, and, uh, met me at my car and, uh, 
walked me through the, gave me a little bit of a tour through the facility and through the, the kitchen area. And then we went over to the group room where we had the story. And I just remember, and it's so crazy how God kind of works and brings people back in your life. But I remember just having this sense of this guy's here for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. This guy doesn't have ulterior motives. His heart is clean and he wants to help and love people. Um, those were the four things that really came to mind when, when I crossed paths with you, with you, with, <laughs> with you, homie, you know what I'm saying, bro, for real, y'all, come on now, uh, with you, I'll speak like a gentleman or try to at least. Um, but, uh, you, you made an impact on, on my life and, and the, just the few minutes that you and I conversated. Um, so the, the mere fact that Anna Lynn has landed you on on a on one of her teams, I'm incredibly jealous of you because this guy is an incredible human. Um, and 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 my hope and prayer for you is that you don't lose that, uh, and that you you stay Brian and you don't ever change because Brian is an awesome freaking dude. So I am I am honored to have you in the studio today. It's this is this is one of the great things that I love about doing podcasts is uh, God bringing incredible people into your life. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's just great. So my, my heart is very warm today. All right. So, um, and Stacy, you have complete, you can chime in whenever, okay. um, you know, we're, we're getting into a point where, um, you know, you have, uh, a tremendous amount of personal experience as well as, uh, professional experience. You've been through graduate school, you graduated from Mississippi state, um, and, you were, yeah, you are, um, um, just a, a little bit of background. You were on one of my other clients podcasts last night, uh, and you're actually going to be the co-host of that podcast, the black sheep recovery warfare podcast. Um, and I was blown away by your professionalism and, um, your heart and desire to help other people last night as well. So when Drew sent me a message or called me this morning and said you, that he was sick, it was immediately Okay, let's call Stacy and see if she's willing to do it. So, thank you for stepping up to the plate and yeah. and and uh, covering for Drew. So, let's let's talk a little bit about what your mission is and what you want to do. And like I said, Stacy, you hop in whenever you want. Okay, this is you're you're part of the team now. You're part of the family. So, I I want to tap into your experience, your professional experience, because you have something that I don't have, which is you know you have uh, you have studied you know a lot. You nearly lost your sanity in grad school. And my sobriety. And your sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> so you've sacrificed everything in order to gain the knowledge that you've got now. So yeah. I, I honestly feel like I should shut the heck up and, and let you talk more than me. But uh, let, let's talk a little bit, uh, Anna Lynn, about um, what your mission is, what you're doing, and how, how we can get your message out. Yeah, so again... So grateful to be here. So grateful to be here. And I invite any questions y'all interrupt and ask us questions as we go forward because one of the things that I know that I do is I get into the weeds of, of what we're doing and I'll start using um, acronyms and stuff that I may forget to spell out. <laughs> so um, Progress, not perfection. Yes. Yeah. So I know that I do that, but the three of us work for the Mississippi Public Health Institute. The okay. And what do you do? And so I am the director of health systems and practice. I was a, I was uh, promoted in, into that position last January. So one of the things to keep in mind is the um, 
massive growth we've experienced at MSPHI since last January. Our mission at the organization is to improve the health of Mississippians. Okay, so that's big. That's a big That's a big chunk. Yeah, that's a big chunk. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a big chunk. So we have three departments over there right now, and we focus on community health, maternal and child health, substance use disorder, prevention, intervention, and control. And, um, and then my department, which is health systems and practice, that pulls all of those systems together to, uh, to make an impact on Mississippi's health. So the two, um, the two programs that we're talking about today are, like I said, funded through um, Health Resources and Services Administration, federal funds to rural communities in an opioid response. And so this is part of a greater nationwide effort to um, curb um, opioid overdoses, yeah. accidental overdoses, um, fatal and non-fatal. And um, we work with, and the substance use disorder um, unit or department at MSPHI has a lot of other, has several other grants. They work closely with the Department of Mental Health in order to um, distribute naloxone or Narcan, as we're known for the, by the name. Right. Um, but when, um but I got in my recovery really interested in how can we create more recovery communities, reduce stigma, mm-hmm. you know, and make this just a normal conversation of um, of how can we help how can we help people? Because as we all know in this room, um, addiction or um, uh, opioid use disorder, substance use disorder, as it's now called, is um, it's pervasive and it's comorbid. I mean, yeah. most people that have um, any kind of use disorders also have mental health disorders. Right. Um, you know, it's usually a coping skill. I mean, I know that's been the case for me. Yeah. And um, and that it's a coping skill. So what um, what we set forth at MSPHI to do was look for funding that we can expand recovery communities in Mississippi and really develop that mission of um, stigma reduction. Let's normalize the conversation and let's offer people hope, uh, you know, to not die. Yeah. And, and it really, I know that sounds dramatic, but that's really what um, our mission is. And, um, and, and so many people don't necessarily understand Narcan distribution as a life-saving, um, as a life-saving technique, um, it's often, you know, people are resistant to it because, um, because of the stigma of it may enable other drug use, yeah. but really what it does is it, it, it enables breathing. Right. I'm, I'm so grateful that you said that because I mean, I can remember the first time that I heard about Narcan and that was the response that I had. I was like, Oh, we're just going to be okay with people slamming drugs now. And, and then like through, you know, my experience as a sober person working in treatment centers and all that, I was like, Okay, wait a second. I was like, "This is if if we can keep people alive long enough until it finally snaps, they finally gain some understanding, some willingness. I mean, why aren't we doing that?" Right, Right. and I think let me just jump in here. So, you know, uh, Paxton P. um, Countless, (laughs) countless tries at sobriety. Right, he went to numerous facility after facility after facility and and never got it. And it was that last time 
that it finally clicked. So what Narcan does is it gives someone the opportunity to have that one last chance, right? right? Yes. They may, you know, I, I know people that have overdosed multiple times and then it finally stuck. And without being able to be brought back to life and they had, you know, Narcan was used to bring them back. Without that, they would have... Um, they wouldn't have had the opportunity, and some of those people are doing some incredible things today. And that wouldn't have happened if there wasn't something there that could bring them back to life and yep. give them that one next that one next shot. Yep, yep. And and so that's you know that's where our passion is. That's where our mission is um, with these couple of programs. And we're just making a small difference. But it, if that small difference can save a life, our return on investment is already there. Bingo. Yeah. You know, um, because there are so many of us that have lived experience that um, all we needed was that one more chance right. for it to click and for it to uh, and for it to really just grab on. Yeah. And so I'm so um, I'm so thrilled and um, and I've been fortunate enough through MSPHI and the leadership has been incredibly supportive of our efforts and everything that we're doing, that the leadership has allowed me to build this team that you see here that um, I call one of my gifts of sobriety. Yeah. And um, because I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have known Brian. Um, Logan makes it unbelievably easy for me to be a woman in sobriety in a professional setting and, um, and be able to pay attention to some of those, you know, some of those needs when we're not having a good mental health day or something like that. And we want to be able to expand that to other people. Um, throughout our professional careers, but also just as humans, that hey, let's let's take the time to get to know each other and to um, and to really focus on this opioid epidemic that strikes Mississippi. It strikes the it strikes the entire nation. So let me tell you a little bit about the two programs, and then I'll be quiet and let them talk a little bit more about the activities. Um, Brian's already mentioned the consortium. Yeah. Um, one of the things as a grant-funded um, grant program, we have certain requirements we have to meet, right? One of those is um, have um, a group of community members that really want to solve this problem here in Mississippi. And we have found that in, um, in the southwest Mississippi area, mainly um, centered around Natchez and surrounding areas. But we have found unbelievable support from the drug courts. The wow. intervention courts and uh, and the judges there, they truly want these people to heal. Yeah. And so not only have they embraced us as a program and as a source of, of help, funding help for them, they've also embraced us as, um, as subject matter experts and as people that can um, bring in the resources that their participants need so that they can maintain their recovery. And um, so our Southwest SOAR program is Southwest Mississippi's Substance and Opioid Action Response Program, and um, is what we call it. And um, that's to build the community of recovery. We are, and we've had a lot of changes since we first started about a year and a half ago. We're in year two now. We're experiencing some growth with our consortium. Um, and, um, for instance, when the mental health um, when the mental health counties changed in that area, we had to kind of pull back because we were working with the um, the alcohol and drug director at um, mental health 
in the region, and we had to kind of pull back because they were going through some organizational changes that we had no um, uh, no control over. Basically, sure. they didn't have control over it, and so we we approached the intervention courts and said, "We can work with your participants." And we can work with you to help build communities of recovery. We do focus on women and their families. So it's female-focused. Again, that comes from the data showing that there was fewer resources for females than there were for males. And, and that's pretty standard throughout the nation. Can you, can you give an example of where that data came from? Yeah. So in, uh, in Mississippi, we pull the data from um, the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics. Okay. Keeps a running um, data log of um, who has accidentally overdosed and the fatal overdoses. We don't have a good handle on the non-fatal overdoses. Right. Um, but we also know that um, there are, for instance, there are only two um, recovery programs or treatment programs that allow women to bring their children in right. Right. in the state. And neither one of those are located in southwest Mississippi. And um, and so we know that there is a dearth of resources uh, for the females. But the reason we wrote in families is because we also know that this is a family. Uh, this is a family issue. You know, you can't go back into the same environment when you're working on recovery if your partner's using too. So we wanted to make sure that we could address um, the family issue as well. And um, and so we've done some really cool things like put an e-recovery platform in um, in place, which is, uh, and I'll let Logan and Brian talk a little bit more about the e-recovery platform, but we all know we have therapy once a week. We may have IOP once or twice or three times a week, um, but it's not every day, all day. We wanted to make right. sure that the participants had 24-7 access to um, peer support and recovery. And we do have that through AA meetings that are Zoom and things like that. There, there are things like that, but this is more personalized. Sure. It's almost like a social media platform where you can go into a chat room and get support from a group, or you can directly connect with a peer support specialist. Right. And so, Logan, I'd love for you to tell them a little bit more about um, the e-recovery support that we have there. Sure. So, um we are working with the Adams County uh, Drug Court, their intervention court, um, to promote our e-recovery platform. Um, it's an online app-based um, place where you can go to AA meetings and kind of, like Dr. Witt said, fill that gap between the time where you're in a meeting or you have support or you can go to a, a um Sorry, I'm learning the microphone. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, just bridging the gap. You know, check in every day. Um, post if you're, you know, not having a good day and just um, reach out to certified peer support specialists are also on the app and can respond to anyone who's having a bad day or has a question or who needs a linkage to services. So that's one of the many, um, many services that we're providing to um, people who need it in, in our community. Yeah, I think the, the maybe the, the largest thing that you guys are up against is um, people not knowing that there's, that this is available to them. Right. Um, you know, in, when I was in early sobriety um, this time, I, I had run the course. I knew that, look, I, I need to sit fully down into recovery and I need to get involved. But before, I just kind of you know, spun around on the outside of the rooms and, mm-hmm. um, and, and 
ultimately wound up getting drunk and high again. Um, so I think it's it's incredibly wonderful what you guys are doing that you guys have created this to where someone in early sobriety, you know, and, and you guys have to do your job. You have to get the word out there that this is something that's available. But once people latch onto this, I think it's it could be a game changer, an absolute game changer because you're never alone. Right, right. You're never alone. And it, you know, it really is all about connection for me. And I'm sure anybody that spent time at Defining Wellness, yep. you've heard the opposite of addiction is connection. Right. <laughs> and I, I, I was like, I, I jumped right in because that was the first time that I had heard that. And I was like, that is completely accurate. Like, right. I, I love that. <laughs> and we really are. We're just moving towards, I mean, it's a generational thing where we are, it's easier for someone to trust I can't, I can't see you. I don't know you. Hey, I'm struggling, you know, through, through an app, through text than, than it is to kind of do that face to face for a lot of people, especially with the shame piece. And, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid of judgment and I'm supposed to be in this important role and nobody needs to know that I'm struggling. So to have an avenue for those people, that's, that's incredible. Right. Yeah. One of the, and one of the best things about the, um, the e-recovery platform is it's not restricted just to the drug court participants. And so I really want to get that message out there because it is, um, while it's under this grant, you know, MSPHI and, um, HRSA, we're paying for it. So it's free for anybody to use. All they have to do is have a smartphone to download it and get in touch with one of us. Um, is there a link that you could provide uh, or, or some way to yeah, that we can yeah. download this or uh, yeah. we can add it to the um, to the show notes after this? Yeah, we have a QR code, that. don't we? Yes, we have a QR code. Okay. Um, if you're interested in it, uh, email us at SWSOAR, Southwest SOAR, at MSPHI.org. And Brian and I will get you hooked up on the app. Um, and it's powerful that you said that about connection because the – the name of the app is Connections. Wow. Uh. So, uh, so, and, and so we would love to, you know, sign people up. Anybody who needs it. It's totally free. To, totally free. Totally free. Totally free. Through this grant. So yeah. S-W-S-O-A-R at M-S-P-H-I.org. Just email us and we'll hook you up. And I'll make sure you it. have all that, Daniel. Um, yes, thank you. And I love that. I love also that you said the opposite of mm-hmm. addiction is connection because for how many years have I heard that? But and I'm only speaking for myself here, but in recovery, you know, I'm having to learn to uh, connect with people in a different way, which means being vulnerable yeah. and trusting other people where I've which had, is hard. Se- it's very hard. It's, it's one of the things that I work on regularly in therapy. And, um, and so it is a lot of times a lot easier to connect mm-hmm. over the internet because you don't have to, you don't have to put on a front. I don't yeah. have to be Doctor Wit if right. I'm on connections. Yeah. Right, I can just right? be a girl having a hard day. I can be a girl yeah. having a hard day, and I those happen, yeah. and those happen frequently. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know? it's like even as a therapist, you know, I go to AA meetings, and half the time there's three, four, or five clients, and so I, like, I want to talk about, hey, I kind of want to smoke crack today, and I, and I can't because I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you know. So it, it is, it's incredible to have to have a way to do that. Yep. And so um, we hope to be able to expand this um, with additional funding sources to other counties. Right now it is restricted to somebody who's living or working in those eight counties that we mentioned. We are seeking permission to expand to um, Pearl River County, by the way. I just okay. wanted to mention yeah. that. Um, we do have to get uh, permission for the fed, from the Fed since it's a rural grant. We have to make sure it, it serves rural areas. But um, 
especially with the most recent report that I saw from the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics, um, Pearl River County needs a lot of a lot of what we can offer. Um, and then um, also kind of watching our time, I want Brian to talk about our uh, our naloxone distribution and um, and our plans for that, as well as fentanyl strips. Now, one of the things I want to say about fentanyl strips is, and this is something that uh, my colleagues learned when. It was just decriminalized where uh, fentanyl strips are not considered paraphernalia. Right. It used to be that— Just about four months ago, wasn't uh, it? Back in July. July. Mm -hmm. So it used to be that these little test strips, which literally test for the presence of fentanyl— It's insane. Wow. Synthesized or not— um, in the presence of drugs, and how many how many stories have we heard across the nation of somebody smoked weed, but it was it was laced with fentanyl, so they died. Yeah, first time, every day. first time doing it. Yeah, day, I would right? be dead today if I was still using. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, and so these strips um, allow you to allow you to test your. Um, uh, test your drugs for the presence of fentanyl. Again, this is, um, and a lot of people don't like the term harm reduction, but again, it's a way to save a life. Right. And if we can save that life, we can um, we can pull them into the recovery community, or as I like to say, the hug of re- recovery. Right. And before I throw it to um, Brian, I just, I'm looking at the comments. And I want to say shout out to all my friends that are commenting right now. <laughs> Dawn, Nupsius. Tell Michael I said hey and Drew thanks for thanks for tuning in you guys uh, I love you guys um, but Brian talk a little bit about number one I approached Brian um, when I knew we were going to need a program specialist and somebody to actually handle the distribution of our naloxone and stuff like that and I, I approached Brian and I said look I really want somebody with lived experience and you were talking about how phenomenal Brian is. He asked me, we had lunch, he asked me, he said, why me? And I said, passion and trust. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Now, before, passion and trust. Before you jump off, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. Are you ready to launch your podcast with ease? Let Audio Alchemy Productions elevate your content with our state-of-the-art four-camera studio and top-tier audio production. Focus on your message while we handle the rest. From recording to distribution on all major platforms. Whether you're a brand, an influencer, or a storyteller, let's amplify your voice. Contact us at 601-672-6591 and start your podcast journey today. All right, special thanks to Audio Alchemy Productions for sponsoring this episode. Brian, let's hop in, buddy. What's up? Talk to us, my man. <laughs> You've been awfully quiet back there. Talk to us now. It's my natural uh, gear. <laughs> That's all right. Make sure you keep um, that mic right up there. There you are. Well, uh, Anna Lynn's tasked me with um, well, really compiling a list of where where good good places to to distribute uh, naloxone fentanyl test strips would be, and um, community health workers, volunteer fire stations, um, uh, churches. You know, which we hope can find some in each county that'll be real champions with uh, getting this out there. But really, I just want to make a call to 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 any kind of healthcare worker. You know, organization, healthcare organization. If 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 y'all are interested in naloxone, if y'all are interested in in fentanyl test strips within those eight counties, um, reach out to us. Um, 
I believe Logan said SWSOAR at MSPHI.org. Mm-hmm. Um, still in the process of compiling a list. We're about to, in the future, when I get Anna Lynn's go-ahead, to, uh, to start reaching out, to start reaching out and making calls and, and seeing if this is something that, that people would be interested in um, and uh, taking charge on it within their local communities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a community effort. I mean, it's got to it, be. It, it's it's a, yeah. You, yeah. you got to have the support of the community. Otherwise, you're, you're it's a community. It's effort, a lot yeah. more difficult, and, a lot more difficult yeah, to get and, things done. And I mean, I would like to think that they, you know, people would want to have it. But I mean, collaboration can be difficult sometimes, sure. you know. So, sure. So we're, we're prepared and we're excited, you know. Yeah. Excited. So, I, well, I was thinking because like I, I had to leave here to get sober. <laughs> it's like the Jackson area wasn't really working for me when I was trying to get sober. Um, and so I ended up in Columbus and was working at a treatment center there. And so they would, I guess maybe once or twice a year, we would get these big boxes of Narcan and we would literally just take a picture of it and put a sign on it that said free Narcan. And people like you didn't even have to say anything like it was completely anonymous. It was just there for whoever to take it that wanted it. And people grabbed it up and so I mean, they've continued to do that every year and i think it's just a great idea because it's like some people like i don't want to see anybody right like, you know i don't yeah. want people to know that i'm grabbing this but yep. yeah. and and we want to be able to um we want to be able to put um you know narcan in bars in yeah. aa in aa meetings and in AA meetings you know and brian has done amazing research around what's there in the counties and he's been incredibly innovative in in where yeah you know we can go so he was talking healthcare professionals and things like that but we have a lot of we have a lot of opportunity to really just dig into getting into the community to do so um one of the ideas that we have is to have a kiosk that has um these kits. I want you to describe what's in the kits because yes, this is so cool. This. Is this is this why you yes. got? Yeah. Okay. All right. This let's is, do it. This is this is Lo- this is Logan's baby, and I couldn't be prouder. So, um, because of some of the stigma around um, community distribution of naloxone in our eight county area, um, Brian and I have come up with this really cool idea um, as to make. Um, Narcan and naloxone, uh, something that you just have in your medicine cabinet, something that's like, you know, you have bandage, you have neosporin, um, you know, you have an inhaler, you need Narcan in there as well. Hopefully you'll never have to use it. Right. Um, but what if you can save a life? Absolutely. Um, or save a life of one of your friends or have fentanyl test strips if you're going somewhere that you know that people are using um, just to test drugs. So what we've come up with is, uh, an overdose, um, overdose response first aid kit. Ooh, and that sounds awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. And these are going to be completely free in the community. Um, like, like they said, we're going to have them in bars. We're going to have them in local spots. Um, Brian's come up with a good list of places in the community where we're just going to have them to hand out. And again, if you live or work in some of these communities and have a hotspot area that you would like to reach out to us and tell us about, we'd love to place them there. Um, but their bags, they um, they contain two doses of four milligram uh, naloxone, uh, fentanyl test strips, band-aids, hand sanitizer, CPR masks. Um, what else is in there? Medication disposal Medication kits. disposal bags. Um, so if you or someone that you know or live with, um, have, you know, medication that's expired, medication you're not taking anymore. Um, these are bags that you can simply put the pills in, fill them up with water, 
and throw it away. Um, and it's a safe disposal. It doesn't get in the water system. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, some, some tools for your toolkit for your first aid kit. Um, so that's one way that we're kind of community distributing naloxone without, um, without the stigma. That's incredibly smart. Absolutely. Doesn't, does naloxone, does it ever expire or what's the shelf life on? I mean, like, you know, with EpiPens, you know, they, they go bad and, and, you know, what, what's the shelf life of, of naloxone? There is a shelf life. I believe it's a year and a half to two years, um, depending on, you know, there's different brands of naloxone. Sure. Um, Narcan, I believe is around a year. I'll, I'll have to, y'all have to fact check me on that. Yeah, no Um, worries. But different brands are, are different. Um, but we'll, you know, you can continue to reach out. If you don't reach out to us, if you live outside of the eight county area that we're talking about, um, you can go to odfree.org. Um, so if you think your naloxone might have expired, you go there and uh, you can request a free shipment of naloxone to your house if you think that's expired. Um, and what was the other question? So OD, OD free, uh, so ex- expiration, um, typically um, the naloxone is still good for six months after the expiration date. Okay. Now, one thing about Narcan is that don't keep it in your car. Okay. Because it reacts to heat. It'll be deactivated for heat. And See, then, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah I didn't either. My, well, and so odfree.org, you can go there now. Anybody in the community can go there and you put in your information, um, name, address, um, things like that. Are you ordering for a second time? That sort of thing. And they'll ship it straight to your house. Awesome. That's limited to just one one kit. Um, we're fortunate enough where we don't have um, those types of restrictions. I think on the odfree um, website and there's also a little training video that we will be pointing people to um, to use. But um, Narcan is used like Flonase, basically, um, if to give just kind of a simple example. And um, and with the OD Free website, although you have to put in your name and your address and all of that, it's not designed to keep tabs on people. Mm-hmm. That's not right, what. Right. That's not. That's not the purpose of putting in your information. Number one, we got to have a place to send it. Right. Um, <laughs> and um, but um, but number two, it's it's just to collect the data of where is it going, and where do we need to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have um, data analysts behind the scenes looking at the different um, zip codes of where Narcan has been dis- or naloxone has been distributed throughout the state. Our programs are part of that now. Um, and, um, and so the other thing that we can do is use that data to get more funding to distribute to the areas that, uh, still need it, that we may be missing. And, um, and so that's really cool about how we are collaborating with other funding sources and uh, other organizations, the state department of health, department of mental health, um, the attorney general's office, who am I missing? I'm missing probably several more. Um, but, um, but anyway, we uh, and and we're coordinating those efforts so that we can make the biggest impact statewide. And that's what's really cool about these programs. That's what, um, aside from us promoting our program, we have 500 kits that we will be assembling and taking to our consortium meeting on January 25th. Um, and um, and Brian, do you want to do a quick spill about the consortium meeting because that has been your your passion project. Sure, I'll do a quick spiel and uh, correct correct me if uh, if I'm missing anything. But uh, it's 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 really a call from community health workers to people who work in drug court, uh, to the judges who work in drug court, um, MSU Extension Service representatives, 
um, uh, mental health court, um, and all just to come together and just what can we do for each other to strengthen strengthen the recovery network where y'all work in the surrounding areas in Adams County. And we're just really looking forward to that. We're looking forward to brainstorming. We're looking forward to hear what people's needs are, uh, what the needs are of the community. Um, do you need more access to naloxone? Do, would fentanyl test strips be a good thing for your community, for your, for your, and will this be open to anyone in the, in the community? Yes. In the, in the, in the, um, eight County area, if they want to be a, a, a partner, we definitely want to issue that call to action. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just interested, um, like Logan said, we'd like for we'd like for faith-based community to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, they do have the um, intervention court also received funding to have a mental health court. Um, Jackson received funding for this also, and that um, if there's not you know if somebody comes to court because of a domestic violence situation or uh, or a drug situation or something like that, but it's discovered through the assessments that they really need some mental health help that's what the mental health court is for and the judges are are for that so um and so we're partnering with them we also one of the things that has been powerful to me is to see the court coordinators and the judges say you know we really want to get family court involved in this Mm -hmm. so now we've got family and youth court where we can go upstream and protect people and um and y'all have heard the story about going upstream where um, people kept pulling babies out of the stream. You know, somebody, a baby would float down the stream and, and one person finally gets up and starts walking upstream. And they said, where are you going? We've got all these babies we've got to pull out of the river. And the person turns around and says, I'm going to see where they're being thrown in. Yeah. And right. so yeah, good. I love that story. And I can't ever remember who to attribute it to. <laughs> but, um, but. That's what we want to do. We want to go and find find where we can make the biggest impact and stop the epidemics yeah. um, of, of deaths. The family piece is, is so incredibly important. And I think a lot of times people are like, oh, what's your problem? Why are you doing all these things and causing all these you know, issues for the people that you care about? But you know, we always talk about addiction as a family disease. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have these different mm-hmm. roles that we play um, in, in maintaining the addict's addiction and it's, it's kind of hard to communicate that to family members who are like oh we love them we're trying to help them you know but we kind of all have a part in that and so we can't just like you said treat the addiction of the one person and send them back into an environment that is you know unhealthy communication boundaries all the things are not really where they they could be because then it, it just the the cycle repeats itself. Right. So we can, to, but it's not very effective. Right, right. That part. And I actually have a really good success story case study. Um, yeah, and we'll sure. be talking about this at our consortium meeting on the 25th in Natchez that we had a, we had a participant who, um, who went in for a random drug test and she failed it. And so the court, the coordinator um, got in touch with Brian and said, hey, can we send her to treatment? Cause our grant funds do allow us to send somebody who does not have the financial means um, if they're a court participant, we can, you know, we can be the payer of last resort basically. Yeah. And, um, we can't just offer that to anybody cause the money's finite, unfortunately. But, um, if I had all the money in the world, you know, I'd, but essentially what happened with this participant is she was back in a family environment. And when I say family, I'm not talking about just blood relatives, you know, the family you choose. She went back into a family environment that wasn't conducive to her recovery. 
and um, and said the court coordinator cares this much and believes this much in this particular participant and in all his participants, in all the participants um, that you know he advocated. Let's do this. We know we know that she and her family with wraparound services with what we're offering here that uh, that if we provide the right support we can we can help her get this right and how cool is that yeah yeah that's how awesome. cool is that to be a part of you know it's I'm, pretty, I'm pretty stoked yeah that's, that's incredible <laughs> i mean you guys are doing some incredible things right now you know that's this is this is work that matters mm-hmm. you know this is work that needs to be done and not everyone is willing to step up to the plate and and make some things happen and you guys are kind of grabbing things by the by the neck and saying no this is something that needs to be done we're going to step up to the plate and we're going to ensure that that happens um you know i i think that the stigma that you mentioned is something that um you know a lot of people in in the recovery world uh, struggle with a great deal. A lot of people, a lot of normal people, um, you know, they look at someone who overdosed and I just try to put myself in their shoes. They're, they're thinking, well, this guy's, you know, he's, he's had lots of opportunities to get sober and he relapsed again and he died and was forced to come back to life. Like maybe, you know, that guy's, that that guy's destined to die, you know, and they just kind of write him off. Like this is just a drug addict. That's it. Just a drug addict. That's they're just just a number. They're gonna die anyways. But what you guys are doing, or you guys is you guys are saying, hey, wait, wait, yeah. hold on, just a second. Yes, that person relapsed, and we we kind of touched it the touched on this at the beginning of the episode. Yes, this person has relapsed time and time again. Yes, this person has overdosed time and time again. Yes, this person has had has been had to come brought back to life, right? And that sixth, seventh, eighth time, that that might be the time. And that person turns into one of you three or one of you four individuals in here that are, you know, you reach the bottom, you realize that something had to be done, you got sober yourself, and then you decided, you know what, there is there are things that need to get done. I'm going to step up to the plate and I'm going to do those things. So my heart goes out to all of you guys for stepping up to the plate and doing the hard work um, to ensure that people can can gain access to help and that that stigma of, oh, he's just a drug addict. Yeah, well, you know what? He's just a drug addict that is right around the corner from getting sober, turning his life around, and doing incredible things in this world. Incredible things. And, and those people, oftentimes, those same people, when somebody is, has turned their life around and they're doing great, those people are going to be their biggest advocate. And they're right. going to praise them. And, oh, look, he's, he's so great. He's doing wonderful things. And they're going to go and tell everybody at their church, oh, he's so wonderful. But, but you know, six months ago, when that person was just some junkie down on, the, you know, underneath the bridge, um, the, the whole story was different. So what you guys are doing is you guys are giving – individuals the opportunity to have that experience to come back to life and to give this thing one more shot i want to i want to give some perspective there too because i those are my clients the mm-hmm. ones that have been to 12 13 14 i have like 17 treatment centers you know and and for all intents and purposes the world has absolutely said like oh well, we don't know you know and and i watch them ball their eyes out 
and 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 scream and, and they hate themselves. They literally oh, yeah. hate yeah. themselves. Oh yeah. And so the the very last thing that they need is for society to be like, well, you're you know, because they're like, oh, okay, I really am. I'm, I really am worthless. And so you and know, they believe that. They do. Believe I believed that. it. Yeah. I yeah. believed it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're all we can all agree upon yeah. that. <laughs> you yeah. know. So yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. You know, and and, and shame is. Yeah. Our biggest enemy. It's it, I, well, I can't speak for everyone. Shame is my biggest enemy, um, and uh, you guys are working really hard to, yeah. to get no through one that. Is beyond hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're uh, we're we're getting relatively close. Yes, close to the top. Um, how how can people get involved? How can um, how can our listeners and uh, viewers get involved and join the cause and um, wrap their arms around you guys and what you guys are doing to ensure that you get to do the best possible work that you can do. Well, we definitely have a call to action. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So our call to action um, for this specific project is for anyone in our eight county area, and I'll go through the counties one more time for you guys: uh, Southwest Mississippi, Adams County, Amit, Franklin, Jefferson. Claiborne, Pike, Walthall, and Wilkinson. Um, For anybody in those counties who live there, work there, and are interested in um, receiving our opioid overdose response kits um, or naloxone, otherwise known as Narcan, Mm -hmm. reach out to us at southwestsoar at mspi.org, S-W-S-O-A-R at mspi.org. Send us an email, and we will, Brian and I will hook you up with some Narcan and fentanyl test strips. Um, if you're outside. Free of charge. Free of charge. Free of charge. Free of charge. Um, if you work in that area and know of any hot spots or any, um, you know, restaurants, local bars, um, com- places where the community is and you are willing to let us, you know, bring a box up there for you to give out free of charge, let us know. Um, for anyone else in throughout Mississippi who aren't in those eight counties, um, if you would like um, some naloxone, go to odfree.org and request a free kit. Um, and just everyone stay informed. You know, um, we talked at the top of the episode about there were almost 800 overdose yeah. deaths. Um, from just this year alone. From All preventable. Last year. All okay. preventable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, naloxone can save a life and we just sure. want to. Get the word out there about that. Yeah. And every life matters. Every life. Truly. Every life matters. Truly. And then... Um, Go ahead, Brian. Go I, ahead. I just, you, you touched on it, Anna Lynn. You touched on it that Narcan can save your life. You know, fentanyl test strips can save your life. Recovery will save your life. You know, it, it took some. It took a few times for me to, to, to yeah. as you say, turn, join the club, yeah. brother. Turn, 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 turn that corner, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... My head is bloodied from all the times I hit it against the wall with good intentions. You know, I'm going to do it this time. Uh, I didn't do it this time. Um, Awesome. And then I think the final call to action would be, you know, if you are um, someone out there that wants to fund something like this. Yeah, tap into that. um, You know, definitely reach out to uh, reach out to us at SW. Um, so we're at msphi.org because um, we can definitely make this bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit, right? Right. 
I mean, and also, you know, are there people doing what you're doing in the Southwest up here in the central Mississippi and North Mississippi? Yes. And we all have our funding sources are different. So we all have different requirements. Okay. For example, um, the AG's office, like I was talking about earlier, they have um, a program that is designed to reach out to all of the colleges that are in the institutes of higher learning. Um, And theirs is uh, one pill can kill. Mm. is their um, their program. And so they have the ability to do mass dr- distribution in the colleges across the state. Um, odfree.org has the ability to train first responders, and, and that's a liberal um, definition of first responders. Anybody that may come across somebody that has overdosed becomes a first responder at that point. So it's not just your EMTs or your ERs. Um, at that point, it can be social workers, it can be therapists, it can be um, it can be anybody. So, um, so there's lots of opportunity, um, and we wanted to make sure we could get the word out, not just about our 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 area, but everybody else's too. And um, and we love to give out information, and we also have tons of trainings that that surround these topics as part of what we do at the Mississippi Public Health Institute. So um, any of that we would love to share with the community um, and and just wrap our arms around our communities for um, recovery. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful I got to be a part of this. And, you know, you shared when, when we first all sat down that, you know, you guys have some lived experience in this. And I love to see our recovering folks, like, step up and do big stuff like this. But especially for the work that you're doing and the passion and, and the genuine, like, hey, I really care about this, it just exudes from you guys. Right. Like it's, 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 it's so yeah. obvious that this is this is your calling and this is, this is really, y- y'all are going to do big things. And I'm just grateful to see, like, hey, let's take, and, here, and here's the truth of recovery. The worst things about us can become the best things about us. Right. And y'all are kind of walking examples of what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Our our worst experiences, while they are unbelievably unfortunate and sad, all of those things, yes, absolutely. When we get and stay sober, all of those negative experiences then become profitable to right. us because we can now use those things to help someone else. And therefore, that thing that we did that was awful, egregious, disgusting, repulsive, yes, that was unfortunate, that was sad, but you know what? We made it through that. We made our amends for those wrongs done. And we can now use those experiences to help other people, therefore making those negative experiences profitable. So if you are struggling with addiction, if you are struggling with alcoholism or any sort of addiction whatsoever, and you have caused harm after harm, your wife, your ex-wife, their, their, your husband, ex-husband, they hate you. They hate you. You hate you. You hate everything about you. Guess what? I've got a little bit of news for you. Quit digging. Take one step forward. Show a little willingness to do something different. And what you're going through right now, and believe me when I say this, what you're going through right now will one day become profitable to you. Absolutely. And you will then be able to use that to help someone else. So, Get off your pity pot. (laughs) Yes, you've done some crappy things. You've done some awful, egregious, horrible, disgusting things. I know I have. I can't speak for you, but I was a pretty awful person. Pretty awful person. 
But guess what? I can now tap into all of those experiences to help someone else. And those experiences now are profitable to me yeah, because I can use them to help other people. Yes, absolutely. So we are God, so we got about grateful. Grateful. 100%. We got about five minutes. What I'd like to do, we're not going to do Drew's uh, favorite questions at the end of the uh, episode. What we're going to do is we're going to do uh, about 30 to 60 seconds per person. We're going to start with you. We're going to go around. We're going to end with Stacy. Uh, I'll go to um, what I want is tell me what you're most passionate, most passionate about and what you would like to see happen this year in 30 to 45 to 60 seconds. Go ahead. I am most passionate about, um, yeah, just recovery in general, but really reducing the stigma around recovery and normalizing the conversation of just like you said, it doesn't matter if you have done horrible, egregious things. That's a moment. Mm-hmm. That is a pinpoint. Doesn't define you. It does not define you, and you can use it to define your work in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got living examples here in this room, <laughs> and I'm just so unbelievably humbled and grateful to be among y'all. Yes, I would definitely like to echo that, and um, just to promote hope for anybody out there who's listening. Hope. Um, it's a powerful like word. Like you said, just to, like, if you're going through it right now, there is hope. Um, you know, there's a future out there and we, we all just have to band together to help, help each other through, through our hard times and we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through Connection. It Connection. 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 Absolutely. Hmm. Um, I'd like to see numbers go down in Mississippi for overdoses. Mm-hmm. Um, of course that's what I'd like to see, but you know, uh, I'd like to encourage people, it's like I have to encourage myself a lot, to reframe my regrets, uh, you know, as lessons regarding how to do things in the future rather than uh, verdicts about how, how wrong I might have been. Um, you know, to, to reframe in a, in a positive light and to, as my sponsor says, to keep leaning forward. Absolutely. No matter how many times you stumble, just keep leaning forward, stumbling forward, walking forward, and sometimes running forward. Absolutely. Whatever, whatever it is, you know. I love it. Thank you. For me, and this this kind of came up, so I'm grateful you asked this question, and I wanted to ask you more about faith-based communities, but since we're out of time, but I would really like to see the 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 – like to, to bridge the gap between AA and faith-based communities because I think that, that that divide there keeps some people from from going deeper in their relationship with God and then some other people never knowing about some of those basics that we talk about in AA, the allergy phenomenon, you know, the, the, the obsession, all those things. And I, I, you know, one of the things I always talk about is that I had to have both. And so I don't, I don't exactly know what that looks like yet. And so maybe this is the beginning of that. Um, but I would like to, to see that, that divide and that wall crumble. I love it. I love that. It's beautiful. All right. And for me, I would say what I'm most passionate about is helping others form connections. Connection is, uh, like we said, you know, at, at the beginning of this episode, connection is the opposite of addiction. And I love, um, helping people form connections more than anything in this world. Um, so I want to continue to do that. And, um, I, I want to see, uh, eventually I would love to see, like Stacy was talking about, you know, the walls between faith-based and um, all, all paths to recovery just being broken down completely, you know, 
what works for you when you're ready to stop, great. What works for you when you're ready to stop, great. We're all on the same path. We're trying to lean forward, as Brian said. We're leaning forward. And the way that we lean forward may be different for everyone, and that's okay. That's completely okay. Um, your way is not better than my way. My way is not better than your way. We're all just leaning forward, right? Yep. That's all we're doing. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, we'll have to get you guys back. Uh, we'll get you back in six, eight months or so to see how things Love are going. Um, Stacy, thank you so much yeah. for, for filling in for Drew. Um, massive, massive. You, you, you completely made this episode, so thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and um, sticking around. And um, please like and follow. Uh, and we're, we're going to be releasing um, uh, TikTok clips and Facebook clips. So um, go to do your thing on the socials, support us and help make sure that we can continue to normalize recovery. My name is Daniel Anderson, and we are grateful to all of you for joining us today.